Hello? Hello? Anybody in here? It's 2022. Hello? Echo, echo, echo. Okay. Okay, I think I get it now. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's all go into 2022 on our tippy toes. Let's just kind of ease into the year. We'll all be fine. But until we know everything's cool and 2022 isn't going to be the the total S show that 2020 and 21 has been, let's just kind of ease into it. Okay, don't make any sudden moves or loud noises. Don't touch anything. Let's try not to break everything right away, okay? So we're just going to skate in nice and slow and get our rhythm uh, back from the holidays and all that stuff. Friends, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. Um, I really, really, really wish you the best going through this year. Live music is coming back. Some of the uh, festivals are coming back this summer. Um, If they're not already sold out, definitely get your tickets. Lots and lots of good stuff happening here and overseas. Um, In addition to in the music industry, there are the trade shows coming back. The NAMM show is coming back, not this month, January. They moved the Anaheim Convention to June which is a very good call. Hopefully by then, hopefully by June. Um, well, yeah, very hopeful because some of you can't wear your masks properly. Uh, hopefully by June, everything will be even a little more chill. Um, COVID will be a little more contained and we'll be able to congregate in the Anaheim Convention Center and have a wonderful NAM show. Um, see all your old friends, see all the new products out, everything. Pfeiffer Drum Co. will be there and I cannot wait to see you. All right. Additionally, I wanted to add another little section to uh, that Drum Life podcast. I wanted to talk to you about some of the gear that I'm using, some of my favorite stuff that's out there right now, okay? Um, First of all, uh, those of you that know me know that I'm a diehard, longtime Sabian fan and endorser. Uh, I love Sabian cymbals. They always have the sound that is is in my head, all right? So all the sounds that I think cymbals should sound like, that's been in my head for a long time, and Sabian fits that bill like like crazy, <laughs> like no other. I always look forward to the new products are coming out with every year. So uh, Sabian cymbals, DW Hardware, Pfeiffer Drum Co. Drums, And um, for mics, since I own my own studio, I pretty much have a slew of everything from AKG to Sennheiser to Neumann to Shure, even a couple of Audix pieces. Um, I mean, really, like the the more the better. There's not necessarily one microphone company that I go with. It's just kind of what sounds the best for whatever application to my ears. And that's what I go with. So all the big gear aside, I want to take a minute to talk about some of the little accessories, uh, one in particular, that just make your lives uh, as drummers uh, a million times easier. Um, We all have our favorite drum keys, but I wanted to tell you about my favorite drum key, which is the uh, Revolution Drum Firefly Drum Key. Uh, I've bought a ton of these over the years. Um, Not that they, you know, break or go bad or anything. I just, you know, I I like to have a lot of them around. Uh, What's unique about this drum key 
is it has a one-way bearing in it and it acts like a ratchet. It's like a gearless ratchet, which is awesome if you're on stage and there's a hot mic on your snare or something and you're trying to chase that one rim shot lug. Yeah, there's nothing worse than sending that clicking ratcheting sound through the microphone and through the PA system, you know, amateur, come on. So these keys have two sides. One side is a tensioning side and the other side is a loosening side. And um, uh, one of the things I like about the key is that it's not a huge um, appliance. Uh, it's not like a giant, uh, you know, high torque drum key, like for a marching drum or anything like that. It's a normal size key. If you have one of those little key holders on your stand or something like that, or you want to put it on your key ring, that's fine too. You know, it's just a normal size thing. Plus, um, a little perk of it is it actually has a great fidget spinner. And if you have one of these keys, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't have one of these keys, go to Revolution Drum and uh, buy three or four. You can also get them pretty much anywhere else. So um, this isn't necessarily a sponsor spot. I just wanted to tell you about stuff that I use all the time that makes my life a little easier. And I'll continue this uh, for future That Drum Life podcasts, just picking out some things that I uh, that I like as a drummer and I'm happy that uh, these kind of products are out there um, in the world for uh, uh, for you and me. All right. So there's something I said years ago um, that was my kind of overall approach to the drum set. And I expressed that to my students uh, at uh, MI. I expressed that to my students at CalArts. Um, some of my private students, same thing. And I even posted it online, Facebook. Um, and for the most part, a lot of a lot of people agreed with me. And uh, of course, there were some that were just looking to, uh, you know, knock me down. They're like, nope, nope, you're totally wrong about this. And let me tell you what it is. This is kind of a challenge. And for me, it kind of opened up my eyes to the instrument that I thought I knew for so long. Sitting behind a drum set, just letting the drums kind of talk to me. And uh, I, I'm a big proponent of the drum will tell you how it wants to be played, and it's your job as a musician to change your technique, change the um, uh, the implements you're playing with, change your sticks, mallets, whatever, change your approach to the instrument, because it only really wants to get played one, one way, and it's your job to create music through that. With the drum set, with the way we set it up, and I'm right-handed, so I'll talk to you as a, as a right-handed percussionist. Of course, if you're left, everything's reversed. But as a right-handed percussionist, I maintain this, I will say it till my last day on earth, and this is the hill I will die on. The drum set, as we know it, as we play it, is a right-handed, left-footed instrument. That's right, you heard me. The drum set is a right-handed, left-footed instrument. If you're a left-handed player, then it's a left-handed, right-footed instrument, right? Well, it makes complete sense to me, and let me tell you a little bit about it. The drum set is a cross-dominated instrument. Let's back up a long time back to when the drum set was first uh, starting to come together. So, back in the day, cymbals were one player. Bass drum was another player. Uh, snare drum was a player. So, to have um, your basic drum set sound, kind of as we know it, that was three people. There was a cymbal player, there was a bass player, and there was a snare drummer. Okay, so very, very brief uh, history here. After World War I, and we go into the Roaring Twenties, vaudeville is starting to become pretty popular, and uh, you had less and less musicians playing more. You had smaller stages, everything had to be quick and fast and 
you know, uh, quick, fast, and portable. So you had this thing in the drumming world that was, uh, and now we call double drumming. And it's not two drummers. It's actually one drummer playing double roles, playing double instruments. So you have one drummer playing a snare drum and a bass drum. That's not the role for two people now. Uh, so you look, you look through these old photos of, uh, uh, drummers in the teens and in the twenties and stuff, and you'll see a, um, you'll see photos, uh, of a snare drum leaned kind of weirdly against a, uh, a wood chair and the bass drum is just, you know, sitting on its side on the floor. Now that could be played with either sticks or pedals. I mean, the, the spring action pedal that we know today, uh, that was invented in 1909. So that definitely made it way easier for one person to do both things. Small cymbals arrived onto that, and then really any kind of percussion that you could mount to the bass drum, you seriously just drill it right into the shell. Uh, the cowbells, um, you know, small hanging cymbals, uh, Chinese toms, uh, ratchets, chimes. I mean, really whatever you could you could mount <laughs> onto the bass drum and then take with you. That was that was wonderful. And then that was uh, for one person to play uh, for not just the music, but also sound effects for whatever um, whatever was going on with the uh, with the other entertainers. You also had the hi-hat. Now, the modern-day hi-hat had kind of a long road. Um, it first started as a cymbal uh, that was attached to the bass drum. The bass drum pedal had a little arm that came out to the side of it, and when you would hit the bass drum with the pedal, uh, that arm would come and crash that cymbal. And then it became something that was kind of nicknamed snowshoes. It was two cymbals, two very small cymbals together, and you just kind of stuck your foot in the top of it, pushed your left foot down, and then that would crash the two cymbals together. Eventually, that developed into what's called a low boy or sock symbol. It was, you know, still two very small symbols, but there was a pedal attached to it. The, you know, you weren't stomping into the pedal. You're actually pushing a pedal down, and then two symbols above your foot uh, would play. And then some inspiration struck. Now, the bass drum was played by the right foot, and the sock symbols were played by the left foot. And then along comes William Spencer. Um, he was attributed to inventing the modern day hi-hat. So it's a sock symbol basically with a long tube that brings the symbols up to player height, that brings the symbols up to where we know them today. So you can play that with your sticks. Uh, now this was popularized really by Papa Joe. Um, this is kind of a story everybody knows, you know, he was responsible for teaching us how to play it. Um, it brought the focus away from drums, uh, keeping time with the bass drum and the, and the snare drum primarily to keeping time on hi-hat and then eventually to the ride cymbal. So think about your, you know, your normal, your normal jazz medium swing. Um, you start with the ride cymbal and the hi-hat on two and four. Now I'll get to more of that in a second. So what that did to the drum set was bring the, bring one of the most important parts of the modern drum set to your left side as a drummer. Now, some drummers play open-handed and play that with the left hand. Um, and then they play, uh, uh, the snare drum with the right hand, two and four, that kind of thing. Um, but mostly that's not the case. We had the hi-hat play with the left foot. The cymbals were brought up to the, our left side and we adjusted as players. So that's why you play crossed over the right hand crossed over the left. And, you know, usually when you're playing a groove, then that's kind of where you are, that kind of awkward position where you're crossing the hands over to play a left positioned instrument with your right hand. 
And now, of course, through modern technology and modern design, we have um, we have some solutions to that. We have remote hi hats. We have you know X hats. We have you know lots of ways to get that hi hat roll um, being played with the left foot, but your right hand is over on the right side of your body instead of crossing over to the left. Right? Of course, there are some outliers that exist right like that. I'm just talking about blanket the whole thing all together what most drummers do and what most drummers experiences are. So back to what I said, the drum set is a right-handed left footed instrument. Just think about the way you play certain styles. All right. If you're playing jazz, the core of what you're playing is not the bass drum and the snare drum. The core of what you're playing is time on the ride cymbal and then you two and four on your hi-hat, on your left foot. Um, the whole groove can be played with your right hand and your left foot. That's just one example. Think about it this way. Um, the drivetrain of the groove is the ride and the hi-hat. Um, the snare and the bass drum, even though they're, you know, the most the most obvious, the most loud, and you know, they can certainly get your attention. Um, think about it as that as just the shape and the color. Bass drum and snare is just shape and color, but the drivetrain, where the rubber meets the road, that's the ride cymbal and the hi-hat. And in that example, right hand, left foot. Let's switch over to rock. You're playing rock. You go over to the ride cymbal for a chorus or something like that. What are the two most important things of what you're playing? Not the bass drum, not the snare drum. Again, those are just the shape of the rhythm. Those are just the color and the shape. The core of what you're playing, the drivetrain of the rhythm, is... For example, eighth notes on the right hand, two and four on the hi-hat, or even just mirroring what your ride cymbal is playing. Eighth notes on your left foot, and then eighth notes on your right hand. Again, that whole thing is dominated, is driven by the right hand and the left foot. That's how you play the drum set. Uh, If you are getting really, really creative and becoming your own percussion ensemble just with one person. You're playing cascara on your right hand. You're playing clave in your left foot. Um, there it is again, right hand, left foot. Now, you can play bells and you can play figures and um, you know ensemble figures with, your, uh, with the drums and the snare drum and the cymbals. That's not the meat and potatoes of the groove. I have yet really to find an example other than like a train shuffle or something like that that's only on the drums, um, where the drivetrain of the groove, the most important part that gets you down the road is the right hand and the left foot. That's just how it is. Outside of the way we're playing the drum set, let's just think about the equipment for a minute, all right? Bass drum is on your right foot, hi-hat is on your left foot. Um, If you add one more pedal to your drum set, where does it go? Well, chances are you're going to add a double pedal to your drum set. So that means your right foot has one pedal. Now your left foot has two pedals. Your left foot not only has to be a hi-hat player with the technique and everything involved with playing the hi-hat pedal, but it also has to be a bass player just like your right foot, which is a totally different technique, by the way. If you're on your hi-hat pedal, you go over to your bass drum pedal, then your technique must change. Your left foot becomes two players now. You are double drumming with your left foot. Again, the most important parts of the drum set, the way we play it, is the right hand and left foot. Let's add another pedal to the drum set. Where does it go? Okay, close your eyes, think about it in your mind. If you add a cowbell or something like that uh, on your foot, does it go on your right foot or your left foot? Ding, ding, that's right, left foot. 
So now your drum set has one pedal on the right side and three pedals on the left side. Your left foot has to be a bass drum player, a hi-hat player, and a percussionist all at the same time. And it can just go on from there to ridiculous lengths. So you just think about the way you play the drum set, and it's really, really, really important to approach the drum set the way it wants to be approached. It's a right-handed, left-footed instrument. And of course, reverse that if you're left-handed. Uh, a better way to put it would be it's a cross-dominated instrument, okay? Whatever your dominant hand is, uh, whatever is, is, is providing the drivetrain of the groove, then it's your opposite side foot that is uh, also providing the, the drivetrain of the groove. I hope that makes sense to you. It makes wonderful sense to me. Um, it really changed my approach uh, on how to play the drum set. And here's one of the things that I noticed. Um, there are uh, legendary drummers out there. There are recordings of their hit songs with their bands. And if you listen closely, if you listen closely, there's a couple of times, and it really kind of surprised me until I, you know, until I started thinking like this. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I get it now. I was really surprised that sometimes you can hear the the left foot going on quarter notes or going on um, or going on uh, eighth notes that it's not lined up with everything else. <laughs> it lags behind or it goes ahead. Like the hi-hat being played with the left foot isn't locked in 100% to the pocket. It's flaming, if you will, with everything else. And now that I know those spots in those songs, I, I can't not hear it. You know, I mean, it's just a part of the song now. I mean, just uh, uh, art, you know, it is what it is. Um, and I kind of enjoy it now on that level that there's a human behind those drums and, you know, a couple of mistakes in there, mechanical mistakes kind of make the charm of it, which is very cool. I, I kind of dig it now. But mechanically speaking, it is a mistake. Now, I would stress to my students over the years that the most important parts of the drum set are the right hand and the left foot. And when you're playing something where it requires your left foot to be uh, playing along, uh, eighth notes or quarter notes or just even mirroring two and four, that they're absolutely 100% locked in. Now, if it's mirroring two and four, if you play the backbeat on your snare drum and you play the hi-hat foot pedal both at the same time, the hi-hat is going to be ahead of the snare drum. Why is that? Well, the most obvious reason is that the motion that you're making to lift your stick up and come down on the snare drum is way bigger than the motion that it takes to stamp your foot down and clasp the hi-hat cymbals. That's like an inch. <laughs> so you really need to focus on, are those two notes lining up? The hi-hat being played with the pedal and your two and four on the snare drum. Are those notes lining up? Nine times out of 10, you see it all the time. You hear it on all kinds of records. The hi-hat sounds just before the snare drum, and it makes for a little flam. Now, sometimes that's intentional, most of the time not. It's just something that drummers aren't paying attention to. I encourage you to pay attention to that. I encourage you to look at your drum set and play it how it wants to be played. The drum set, to me, is screaming out, I'm a right-handed, left-footed instrument, and you need to approach that accordingly if you want to make the kind of music you want to make. If you want me to sound amazing, then you need to have that kind of approach when you are playing me. 
I really hope that makes sense to you. If you have any questions about it, reach out Darren at thatdrumlife.com. That's Darren with one R at thatdrumlife.com. Oh, happy new year, friends. I've got more coming up, some wonderful guest artists coming up for this season. Uh, Join me next week and every week after for That Drum Life podcast. Thanks, friends. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. 